Welcome back to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast. I'm Abby Schneiderman. And I'm Gene Newman. And today we're talking about one of Abby's favorite topics, elder care arrangements. Mm, yes. <laughs> we'll be breaking down the different types of elder care arrangements. We're going to talk about what elder care arrangements even are and what you need to consider when making them. Yeah, this way you could start to understand what type of arrangements that might fit you or your loved ones. But before we even do that, Abby, when you hear the word elder care, what comes to mind for you? What is something that pops in your head, the image you have? Right. Well, to me, elder care is, I, I guess it says it in the name, what kind of care you need when you're elderly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, when you hit that point. And for me, the image, it's actually not amazingly pleasant one. It reminds me when I was in high school and I delivered pizzas and I, all these facilities were just along the road. I'd never visited them. Never thought, I never even noticed them until I had to deliver a pizza there. And I'd walk in there and think, what is this place? And it was kind of terrifying because I thought, okay, there's people in beds, there's medicine, there's people running around screaming. There's people, you know, with, you know, lots of, it, it had a very chemical like cleanser smell to it. So that was my first introduction. And a lot of times people's first introduction is when they visit someone in a situation like that. And it kind of, it might terrify them and they might not know how a person even ended up there. Right. But I think it's even bigger than that. And I think when we talk about elder care arrangements, we're not just talking about, you know, nursing homes or, mm -hmm. or retirement homes. We're really talking about how do you want to live at that stage of your life? And what are the different types of things that you need to be um, thinking about, whether it's it's your own, um, your own life that you're planning ahead for, or maybe you're helping a parent or a loved one. Think about things like, where do you want to live, right? That's like number one. Do you, do you want to live near family and friends? Do you want to, is there, or do you want to stay in your home in Florida, right? Or where do you want to live? Um, and then, of course, as people have to start to think about, you know, the idea of potentially not being independent, do you need help? Are you going to need help? What what kind of um, help do you need? Are you going to do you want to live in a place that offers services? Uh, do you like a, a retirement community? Um, do you want to or do you definitely not want to live in one of those types of communities and you want to live on your own? Right. I mean, those are just some of the types of things. And then, of course, financial um, uh, aspects tie in here, too. You know, it's yeah. often long term care is a part of elder care arrangements. It's often very expensive. Do you have the means to live where you want to live? That is, I think, the biggest issue. And many, many years ago, Abby, we, we've talked about this and you always brought up because people would say, oh, anyone could live anywhere. And you're like, but cost matters. And people are like, no, it does. And you're like, it does. Because if someone's spending between ten and $40,000 a month, it's unsustainable for people. And if they say they want to live on this beautiful ocean side where they're getting concierge service and doctors 24 hours, it can be very, very expensive. And that's why to start with, let's say someone wants to, again, live at home. You made a great point about it doesn't necessarily mean you're going into a facility. And, and there is there has been a very negative view of putting someone in a home as if it's a death sentence. And to start with, if people want to live at home, at times there's something called a NORC. I always thought that was called a naturally occurring retirement community. But before you even get to that, 
you're talking about your home. Can your home sustain you? Do you have stairs? Do you need to widen doorways? Do you need to put things in the shower so you could handrails? Do you need a different type of toilet that's raised so you could use it? Do you need a bed that's more suitable? And can you configure it and also have people come in for care where they could provide it to you in that place? That is obviously the ultimate for people. People would love to say, I want to stay in my home till the very end. And that if that's doable, then you have to start realizing, is my home manageable that way? Or do I need to downsize, maybe move to a place with one level that, that is more in an area that has the care that can give me? So that's when you start saying, okay, the home, once you start ruling things out, that's when you have to go to the next step. So, right. But just like you're saying, I mean, I think if you're somebody, um, and I, I know people like this in, um, in my own family who want to stay where they are, they, that, that, you know, they want to stay in their own home. Um, home has a lot of stairs yes. and, and right now that's totally fine. But in the future, if that's where they want to be, it's really not a sustainable option for them to not have a way of getting up those stairs, right? What happens if someone falls and, mm-hmm. and breaks a foot or, you know, a hip or something, right? So what, what, what's the plan? And, if, and then if the plan means, well, we're, we're going to, at that point, if something did happen, of course, we would have to move and, you know, move somewhere. Where? What kind mm-hmm. of place? What, um, what's going to be acceptable? Because sometimes, right, like life happens, yep. you don't know, you, you can't always predict <laughs> can't and, always predict what's going to happen. And then, and you're kind of in the fog of it and, and things then become urgent. And then you're having to make very quick decisions that may not be ultimately what you want. Yeah. And can you, and think about it this simply, can you reconfigure, do you know how expensive it could be to reconfigure a bathroom if you have a walk-in tub and you can't get in that. And a lot of times people might know this, if you stay in hotels and you need an accessible bathroom, it's, it, it, it's the difference between you showering and not showering or needing someone to literally lift you in and lift you out because that's where people fall. And that's where a lot of dangers happen. I so did. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I did something. I, now that we're talking about this, I had not really thought about it, but I think I did a really good thing. Mm. So when we moved into our house and we had to install a, a shower head um, in our guest bathroom, I, I did a really good thing. I installed <laughs> a shower head that had a handle on it, thinking that at some point in the future, maybe my parents are going to be using this guest bathroom. Not now. They're completely, knock on wood, completely fine. They, you know, super active. But what happens if they're going to need to use the shower and and I don't want them to slip and fall? And I installed a shower head for them so that they can actually grab onto it. It has like a bar. Nice. And you're also thinking about, like, let's say it doesn't even have to be elder care. What if all of a sudden someone's injured and they have to use a a shower chair and they have to be sitting and they have to have that accessibility? So that is something that is useful. No, you're like, yeah, you're giving me too much credit because I do not know that a shower chair would even fit in this. No, we would we would make it work. We we would make it work. But then you, so if if you can't reconfigure your home, the next level up is often assisted living. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, you know, there's an assisted living facility. It's an option. You could, you could manage your own care, but you might need help with cooking and, and cleaning and managing medications. They could also like take you out for day trips. If you don't, you know, they could have uh, cabs, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, 
And you do feel like, I think living in New York City for so long, I'm so used to living in an apartment surrounded by people. So it doesn't really freak me out as much as people that are used to having a home and all this independence in the middle of like land. But a lot of times it does become, it could feel like a hotel. It could feel like a dorm room. It could feel like a condo. They don't necessarily have to be these medical facilities where you're getting that care you need. There's doctors that are available, but you're not some, you're not fully immersed in it the way you would if you were to take it level off. Oh my gosh. I mean, every single day, first of all, some of these places look like five-star hotels. Mm-hmm. I walk by a, um, a, an assisted living facility in our neighborhood that's being built right now. I think it, it'll be done in like two years. And it looks gorgeous. I mean, I, I, I want my parents <laughs> to live there. There's a pool. There's all these restaurants. It looks, honestly, it looks like the nicest the nicest, nicest hotel I've ever seen. Um, I'm sure it's outrageously expensive. This is where, though, the the aging population, people always talk about, oh, the population's aging. and But in a way, because of this, it's making these facilities have to upgrade. So they're not the ones I'd drive by and deliver pizzas to when I was a kid. Those aren't the norm. Those are the ones that that at times people were rebelling against they wouldn't want to pay for they it was confining someone someplace they didn't want to be that is what these new ones are becoming much more luxurious mm-hmm. they're much nicer because we've also gotten used to it when we stay in we stay in a resort or a hotel so what better way and maybe even some of the places might be smaller they're easier to manage and then it becomes more of a an attitude of the person who's going in there and the final, but when it does get to the point where you need constant medical attention, where you need someone there, doctors 24 hours, nurses 24 hours, uh, medications given to you, that's when nursing homes and skilled nursing, they come in when you need that high level of medical care. And this is usually something that you don't so much decide as you become like that becomes the only option to keep you alive and comfortable because a lot of people can't afford the in-home care at home, and they might not have the facilities. If you need a certain machine that you have to do, a dialysis machine, you have to do it regularly, you're probably not going to have one at home and transporting back and forth could be very difficult. But I think, I think a lot of the, um, the new facilities and new communities are, are really, are really amazing in that you can start off in independent, um, in an independent way, but then if your needs change, you can move into an assisted living component of the community. And then if if you have other issues such as, um, you know, needing memory care uh, mm-hmm. services. So there's, I think that that is, is amazing because depending on how your needs change over time, you can get what you need. Our lives are too busy to manage everything that needs managing. All of our IDs, important documents, health and financial details, contacts, kids, pets, personal concerns. Where can you put everything in one safe, easy to manage place? In your EverPlan, of course. Our app guides you through all the stuff you need to get organized and helps you keep it that way. No more fumbling around through emails, texts, and other apps to find what you need because it's all in your EverPlan. Download the free iOS app today or learn more at everplans.com. And now that we've run through all of these different scenarios, people understand that it gets to the point of, okay, how many people actually make these decisions and how many times are these decisions made for people? And it seems like we've seen some surveys 
from the Associated Press, other places that said, you know, uh, basically more than half of the population does little or no planning for these needs. There, people are concerned that they're not going to be able to pay for it at a certain point, and that gets to the the thought of pre-planning and thinking about this because thinking about for our parents that could be more eminent, but for us, it's saying how much thought do you want to put into this? And not, again, you don't have to go crazy about it because even in Everplans, we have a thing to go through, just basics. Do you want to, would you relocate? Do you want to be around family? Do you have pets? Things like that, just to start getting an idea of it so you could wrap your head around it so it doesn't become a surprise at some point if you move into that, assuming you go through a, a very standard aging process where you're okay, then you need a little more help and a little more help because at a certain point, you find out that with long-term care, you know, 70% of people over 65, we have this in the book, will require some level of care at some point of their lives. And and it just gets higher as you get over 65 to 70 to 80 and into your 90s. So thinking about this and making plans, that's why with retirement funds, with looking into long-term care insurance, with looking into these things, you could start getting an idea of it and we're not saying to, to, to confront it every single day, but we are saying that you should think at some point, the same way you look at what house apartment you're living in to moving into a house, to moving into another area, what would that look like at some point? Right. But it's, it's like going back to long-term care. I think it's important. Um, I think it's important to talk about because like what we've been describing here is, do you have the do you have the money to live where you want yeah. for, for as long as you're going to need? And oftentimes I think people don't know the mm-hmm. answer to, do they have enough or what, what are they going to need? Um, and so we, we do recommend that people look into getting long-term care insurance and probably getting it early enough so that, um, so that you can get the best, um, the best type of long-term care insurance. And yeah. so um, Jean, can you break down what long-term care insurance is? Yeah, it's 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 insurance for you. You buy a policy now, and when you hit those moments and you you have uh, certain medical needs, when you have uh, living needs, when you need to reconfigure parts of your house or whatever, this will cover that. So you pay now, and later this insurance kicks in, so you get reimbursed or it covers these these needs. The one issue is it can be extremely expensive because, as we know, healthcare costs have become absurd. So a lot of times people that had bought it maybe 30 years ago and are just starting to kick in now, they were thinking that far ahead, even that might not cover the totality of it. And some companies even stopped offering it because they said it's just too expensive because we can't guarantee we can cover hundreds of thousand dollars worth of care. And that's where also you have to look at benefits you have because there's Medicare might cover some stays in a nursing home for a certain period of time. Uh, Medicaid can cover those as well. And that's where you really have to be on top of these because you don't want to be up against the, the wall and say, where am I going to live? And at the same time, you have to realize if you have a family that you think, I'm going to move into their home, they're going to take care of me, you have to be pretty sure and pretty clear about that because it could be something that they look at as temporary. It could be, you could be lucky. Someone could have a guest house and they're like, look, this is becoming your new home. We're going to take care of you all the time. Right. But, but what if know- their situation changes? Yes. And and we know that statistically, um, at least 70% of people over the age of 65 will require some amount of long-term care, which means that 
most seniors should be prepared to you know, enter and pay for long-term care at some point. And without getting the insurance, those costs are just, you know, mm-hmm. extraordinary. And we've talked, Abby, in the past, like about on one of our podcasts, where you mentioned how excited you were that your parents got a funeral, a, a, a burial plot. And you said, wow, this is a great thing. And, and it doesn't mean necessarily that they're like, okay, this is it, Abby, just put us in there and walk away. It's something that you think that's a weight off of you. And this is another one of those weights where you think if something does happen, what is my plan? What is my backup plan? Where would I go? And it could be in your area. It could be a place that's being built. And you say, you know, I want to reserve a place there. I want to start looking at this. I want to start looking for my parents. I want to start planning for me in some way. But it is something that seems so far out until it's right there in your face. A hundred percent. And I know I have a lot of friends right now. I'm in my early 40s, and I've got a lot of friends who are dealing now with aging parents who've had, um, you know, issues who now need to, who now are full on dealing with this. And they don't necessarily have enough money to cover everything that they need, or it's really stressful. And my friends who are, who are dealing with this are, are, are starting to get policies of their own and thinking way in advance because they don't want to have their kids who are now, you know, only like six or seven years old have to deal with this at some point in the future. Yeah. I mean, the same way you talked about buying life insurance, those things for the future for just in case, this is something that at some point we all have to live somewhere. And ideally it'll be as comfortable and as peaceful and as happy as we want it to be and not something where we're forced to do it. And we could kind of change this, the, the conversation from the, the Simpsons throwing grandpa in a home and just leaving him alone to this is a place where the person can feel, can feel comfortable, can not feel like they're a burden and they could completely continue their lives the way they say it is. And it's something to talk to your parents about if you're, if you have aging parents and, or it's something to talk to your kids about if you Mm -hmm. have, um, if you have adult children, it, it's good to make sure you're communicating what you do have in place or what you don't have in place. Just deal with the reality so that everyone's on the same page and there's not some huge surprise. Um, there's, you know, it's it's just good to talk about these things. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to limit surprises. We want to limit people having this. We always say the worst time to have these conversations is in a crisis. And that's what you want to prevent. Even if you start seeing things, some hints, something in the future, really, we've listened to our difficult conversation podcast. This is one of those. And it doesn't have to be a mean, it doesn't have to be a tough conversation. It could be something where you just say, we have to think about where this is going. And if you're doing it for someone else, understand where they're coming from. If they expect you to move them into your home and take care of you, then that's an issue. And if, if you're worried, issue. yeah, if, if you were worried, I actually recently, even though I talk about these things all the time, um, I recently asked my parents about what their situation was. And the way that I brought it up, because I was a little nervous to just randomly bring it up, um, was I said, hey, uh, mom and dad, so-and-so I know is taking one of their parents to um, a retirement community to go check it out. And it made me realize I have no idea what your <laughs> what you're thinking for down the road. You know, in the event that something were to happen, what should I do? And that just kind of allowed us to have the conversation. So I think if you're looking for a good way to broach the subject so that it doesn't come out of left field, just 
use another person's example. I'm sure there are others that you can bring up. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this was able to shed some light on how elder care works, what the options are, so that you're able to make the right decisions and start planning ahead and thinking about this ahead. And also, if you have any thoughts about today's episode, like send them to us. We want to know your questions. We want to know what you're dealing with, what your thoughts are, what your success stories, what worries you, and just send it to it, podcast at everplans.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to in case you get hit by a podcast so that you never miss an episode. See you soon. Bye.